0: Uh, they've been texting me this week, both of them saying that they're on vacation, that they're out of town, that I might as well plan something else tonight. Um, but I'm so glad I've been praying for them, and I'm so glad that they made it here tonight because um, they're going to be sharing their story with you guys tonight. Would you put your hands together for Denise Ferguson?
1: pressure talking in front of you. He shows up. (laughs) Okay, I can do this. All right. I'm basically just going to read my story. I grew up in a Christian home and I've always gone to church. I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit at camp. Yes, the same camp you go to. It's that (laughs) In fact, I even lived and worked there for about four years, so that's a different story. My parents came from families that raised them in church. In fact, both of my grandfathers were what I call pioneer ministers with the Assemblies of God. This is a great heritage for me. So going to church and serving God and his people has always been in my blood. Saved people serve people. When I was at a young age, my parents divorced, so I grew up in a single-parent home until my mom remarried a few years later. Then it became a blended home, his kids, her kids. But we all got along, and we still do, even though we're all grown and have separate homes. As a young adult, I married what I thought was a Christian man. But the marriage had problems, and over many years, we grew farther and farther apart. I know divorce is not pleasing to the Lord and not what he wants at all, but I could not continue to live with great conflict, nor did I want to continue raising my daughter in that atmosphere. So let me just say to you regarding relationships, set standards and set them high. Base them on what God has planned and what he wants for you. Be certain of what you are looking for in your future spouse or even just for who you are willing to spend your time with now. Don't just settle for what you want or what or who is there at the time. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's because um, one of Jeremy's sayings is, growing people change, growing in God people change for good. But you can take the growing off and people change. And it's not always for the better. And it's surprising how you know someone this day, and all of a sudden, they're like completely different. So, that's just your family made of friends trying to help and look out for you. Because of the divorce, I have struggled with guilt, and if I should even be in positions of serving God... And I know that this is just a trick of the devil to keep me down, and with God's daily help, I can overcome these feelings. A scripture I know gives me hope to continue serving God. Philippians 1, 6. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Like I said, growing people change. And then, right after Jeremy began this series, I saw this other thing posted on facebook i'll read it for you says may god give full access to your story may you allow him to reconnect and to connect correct sorry you allow him to correct and redirect heal and deal refine and define may you remember that you're part of a plan that's bigger than you are May you trust the Lord's work in your life so he can use you in ways beyond your wildest dreams. Lean in and trust him. He's got you. Walk forward with expectant faith and a listening ear today. If you struggle with guilt, know what God wants for you. Learn to listen to God and hear him speak to you. Be confident that he has begun a good work in you and he will complete it in you. My prayer for Emerge is Ephesians 3:16 through 19. The New Living translation says, "I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources He will empower you with inner strength through His spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. There is more to my story. It continues to be written each day, as does your story. How will you let God write your story from this day on?
0: That was awesome. One thing I love about both of these ladies is that they serve. And, and they, they get the fact that save people, serve people. Obviously, <clears throat> they, they don't enjoy being up here in front of everyone. Uh, David was telling me the, the other day that Debbie didn't sleep at all the other night preparing for this. But, man, I just know like what we've heard already has been so good and so powerful. I can't wait to hear from Debbie. And so would you guys put your hands together for Debbie North.
2: Can I get a clap? And an amen. I'm done. (laughs) Okay. Well, my story goes back many, 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 many years. <laughs> I was the second oldest of six kids. Um, and um, I came from a, a family. My mom and dad, they were raised as Christians in a very strong Christian home. and um, But when they got married... They didn't go to church. Um, we went to family things at my dad's church where he grew up in and my grandmother's. But um, about when I was six years old, my mom decided we probably should start going to church. And um, we went together to church till I was about 10. And then after, when I turned 10, um, my family stopped going to church. And so, um, Church would become important to me, so I um, I started walking to church. I know you hear the story. I went on back in the day. I walked so far. But I did. I walked about a mile to church every Sunday. I and mean, my dad would take me. It's just that my dad smoked, and I didn't want to go to church smelling like smoke because I didn't want people to think that I was that I smoked, and it it was important to me to be the good little girl and to do everything right, and back in my day, smoking was not acceptable. Not that I think it's acceptable today, but people just didn't, and my dad or mom would show up smoking, and it would just always, it would bother me, and so, um... I, I leaned a lot on my grandmother, who, she loved Jesus. She taught Sunday school, vacation Bible school. I spent time on the farm with her, and she became my role model. And I knew that this Jesus wasn't important. And so I, I, kept, I chose to keep him in my life. And um, as I got older, I still continued going to church. And unlike you guys, where you have a youth group, we didn't have a youth group. I grew up in a Baptist church, and there was um, several of us my age that went. Um, there's about eight girls, and we all had the same Sunday school teacher. Her name was Betty Mel- Mitchell, and she was a wonderful person. She she would send me cards if I didn't go or if on my birthday and different things. She really she invested in me, and I know some of you know... Um, Doug Shove, um, I went to church with him and Teresa, and, um, Doug's dad was just the neatest person. He, um, he would send me cards. He talked to me every week. I think the adults knew, you know, here I was coming by myself without the family, and they tried to make me feel as welcome as possible. And, and even like Teresa and all the girls, we were close, but, I didn't always, you know, fit in. And it wasn't because of anything they did. It was because back in my day, (laughs) families did things together. Like they go, the church families would go camping. They'd spend time together. They went to school together. So naturally they were a little more invested in one another. But, I mean, they always treated me. And when we had sleepovers or anything, always uh, included me, which was real important because I going to church from the time... You were 10 until the time you graduated without your family. Um, It was a very difficult thing. And um, so, um, and then another person that invested in my life was Fred Millison. And I, some of you may or may not know Fred. He no longer attends here just because of his health. But he could play the piano like anybody's business, and he would just sing. It would just, the music would just come alive, and that's where I learned how to worship God was was through him. And so um, these people were very, they impacted me a lot because at home my family life wasn't always, it it wasn't very, it wasn't ideal. And being the second oldest of six, I had a lot of responsibilities to my family because my older brother, my older brother was in the wrong crowd and um, they would go out and they would party and they would, um, drink quite a bit, and um, I used to have to stay in, a lot of people don't know this, but I used to stay in my bedroom on Friday nights if my dad was a referee, because my mom, she worked nights, so we wouldn't have um, a babysitter, and um, his friends would be drinking and they would get a little bit too friendly and so I would have I would stay in my room just to avoid the situation because it was like I didn't I didn't want to be a part of it. Here again, I was the good little girl and I did everything. My my siblings to this day will have teased me that I had Barbie and Ken and Barbie and Ken never kissed. <laughs> you know, they just didn't I you know I, didn't, I never thought about kissing before. So But, um, and I didn't have very many friends, so church, again, became my outlet. There was only two girls, actually, in the neighborhood where I grew up, and the other girl, her name was Linda Gaylord, and she was raised by her grandparents, and, but she could never come over to my house because, well, I had four brothers, and they might do something, so her I could never have friends over because they always thought, "Well, you got too many brothers." And I thought, "What are brothers? You know, I can beat up all of them." But um, and sometimes I did. And um, but her and I, we played Barbies, and she had all the cool stuff. Um, there were six of us, so there wasn't. We didn't have a lot of the stuff like you guys may have the day and stuff. My Barbie dream house was one of my prized possessions, but everything else was pretty generic. And so it um, so most of the time, I just, if it wasn't at church, it was me occupying me. And and then um, a few years later, I had my second oldest brother that was under me. Um, he was into drugs, and drugs deals went down in front of my house, and... One, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, there'd be knocks on the door. I would never answer because I was always afraid. Um, And my parents, now don't get me wrong, my parents were good people, and they loved this. They just, they were just kind of in denial. Like, sometimes I think some of us, I know as a parent, there are times where I just kind of was in denial about some things. And um, so to realize that he actually had a drug problem... um, And you just didn't talk about stuff like that, not until both my older brothers had been arrested more than once. And my one older brother, um, three weeks before graduation, he got told he wasn't graduating because he missed so much school. And my other brother dropped out. So if you think that it's not important to finish school or get your GED, you have no idea the impact that would be on your life not just even falling through with something like graduating from school, because until they were 40 and 50, not graduating impacted their life. I had to rely on so many other people that were outside of church, and this is where it's important when Jeremy talks about a family made of friends, the people at Beverly Hills Baptist, the adults and stuff, they became a different family to me. So, you know, I I was accepted there, and I was loved there, and I was received there. So if you think you don't make a difference, even being at school or being here and doing things, it can impact. You never know that how much it can impact a person for the rest of their life. And when I was 15 years old, I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized and in on my life even took more of a different... I was bound determined, you know, to live for God, pray with God, to do what God wanted me to do. And so, um, and that's what I did. And then I know most of you know that um, I, too, was married uh, before David. Um, <clears throat> I, and... When I got married, it was, to me, it was forever. I got married in a church. I'd been going to church. The boy's dad, he went to church with me for three years, Sundays, Sunday nights, and any other event that could. And um, a week after we were married, he stopped going to church. He said he didn't need church anymore. You talk about shocked. I thought, wow, we went to church. We prayed to church. We believed in God. So... That didn't, you know, that that was really hard. I really struggled with that. And not only did he decide not to go, we only had one car. And he decided he would work on Sundays, so I didn't have a way to church. And um, from then on, you know, no one called me. I'd been to that church for, gosh, 15 years, and, and I was too embarrassed to even call for, to even call to get a ride. And so, and then, things a little better, I, Sean and Jason came along, and we have a second car, and my uh, sister-in-law and I went started going to another church because we thought maybe if we weren't going to the churches we grew up in, maybe our husbands would attend, but they didn't. And so we, here again, I continued to go to church with just my boys and our, we weren't whole as a family, but I was doing the right thing. I was being the good little girl and I was always wanting people to, to be proud of me and know that I was doing the right thing and setting good role models. Well, 1989, my world changed. To say I was rocked is an understatement. That's when the boy's dad decided he no longer wanted to be a husband, nor dad. And he left us. And um, you know, when you spend your whole life trying to be the good girl, doing what you're supposed to do is right, and it was like, I was so angry, and I thought, you know, I did everything right. How does it be? I was rocked. But fortunate for me, I was very blessed because by this time I was going to this church. And um, a very wise and wonderful person, pastor, he counseled me. If anybody knows the junk about me, this man does. And he prayed with me. He mentored me. He became my friend, and he helped me work through all this stuff and to get out all this stuff. Because to me, I was walking around was like, you know, here I was the good person, and I had everybody convinced. And all of a sudden, it's public. Hey, we don't. I don't like you anymore, and I don't want to live with you anymore. And um, not only was um, was he such an instrumental part we also had a church secretary named her name was Marilyn Massey and she became a mentor to me and Sherry Day I don't know some of you know Lord Cackley's mom they kept me in prayer and I stayed in the word I prayed when it came time for that tithe check I wrote that tithe check it was that sometimes it's that or where's the light bill going to be paid and uh, but God was always faithful when I I, when you stay in the word and even tithing is so important because I know I know how God he honors that because and when you you go through something like this and sometimes um, maybe maybe your parents have gone through a divorce I know none of you have gone through a divorce yet (laughs) Um, but there's sexual abuse there's physical abuse there's all kinds of abuse and it's it's what it's your choices that you make and it's are you going to let that ruin your life are you going to let that dictate who you are I mean you do have to have a time to grieve and trust me I had to grieve and I had to go through some rotten stuff but one of the things that um, I continued to do was I stayed in my prayer closet and if something came up as like oh, I gotta give it to God. I, I had to die to it and like I was telling Pastor earlier, he he can vouch for the fact that you know, if something happened I was on my knees because I had enough to deal with and I didn't want to deal with anything anything else. But you know, it's it's amazing that um what God's love will do and what his um his promises to us because um, during that two years I went through such a different change and a different walk with with the Lord that I can, it's hard to, ex, to ex, describe in any way, but mostly it's when you stay in prayer and you listen to God and you wait on Him and you do, this time I was doing the right thing. It was God's thing. It was not me doing the right thing because through all that reality, I realized I was trying to control my life. And we, none of us have control over our life. Bad things are going to happen to good people. And here again, it's, it's what you choose and how you, you go about it. Are you going to be miserable or are you going to make that step, you know, God. Your promises—you will take care of me. So I'm going to stand on that promise. And many times when I, I, I went to the Lord and I prayed. It, it, it's just, just the change in me, the, the heaviness, the, the laughter and joy. And you know, different times I've heard pastors say, "You always you need to find a blessing or try to find or praise God through all this." And I'm like. <laughs> I'm not even telling him, You're not, you think I want to pray this and thank God for this? Because I didn't, because I hurt. I hurt deeply. But, you know, when you do give it to God and and you lay it out there, he has to, you know, it's like, God, where, where are you? What are you going to do? What is this? And, you know, I can stand here and say that being faithful, faithful coming to church, faithful praying, and... And I got involved. I was involved in Rural Rangers. I taught Sunday school because, here again, save people, serve. And through this time with these friends of mine, also um, the fact of um, growing people changed. I probably changed the most that I've ever have changed in my life. And I came out of it, There was I was just... I was just different. And I was so, God did a lot of healing in my life and getting all that out. And, you know, one of the things I can say today is when you are faithful, God is faithful. Because within three years of my divorce and the pain, God brought a man of God into my life. I wasn't even praying for him and I was just asking God to heal me, fix me, to get, do what needs to be done. And he brought a man into my life that not only loves God, but I could serve. I can say that I can go to church as a family. He brought, he brought Johnny into our lives and um, the blessing on that because, oh, when I grew up, First, I always wanted to have lots of kids, but after having the first one, I thought, okay, maybe one more. And then, um, and then I thought, you know, I thought, wow, my girlfriend and I, we always wanted to adopt, and I thought my dreams were shattered when I went through my divorce. And David and I hadn't even been married a year when he says, um, maybe we should adopt, and I'm thinking, Lord, I hope he's potty trained <laughs> because those time of life I didn't want to be potty training. And a month later, he brought Johnny into our lives. And the the hopes and the dreams. When you walk with God, He wants your hopes, He wants your dreams, and He wants the, He wants to give you desires of your heart. You just have to listen to Him. And some, you know, sometimes you have to go through the. The thorns, or you have to go through the breaking and, and, and stuff. But when you, you stay fast with Him and faithful to Him, He's going to be faithful to you. And um, this is what I got out of Psalms. It's Psalms 37 23 to 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And that's my story.
0: The thing I love about each each one of their stories, Denise and Debbie, uh, uh, through uh, divorce and, and through so many trials and through so many things, is that they stayed faithful. They stayed faithful. The scriptures say He's our ever-present help in time of need. So when you when you're obviously none of you guys have have been divorced, but maybe you come from families that that are you know come from a divorced home and you know the hurt and the pain of that. You you know what that's like. Maybe you've maybe not that, but maybe you've been through so many other things in your life, the trials and the tests, and like they both said, like the hurts and the pains of life. Rely on God. Rely on Him. I know it's tough to do sometimes, but rely on Him because He will always, always, always be here. Just be there. Just like every one of these stories that we've heard so far. I think if every one of us have said, I've, I've been through all this stuff. I've battled with all these things. I've had the hurts and I've had the pains. And I've, I've messed up and I've made mistakes. But because of Jesus, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm saved, I'm now, I'm pure, I'm clean, and I am his child. That's the greatest thing you can say, is that I am a child of God.